my, 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 here we are live and in color. Oh, that's right. You can't see us. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> I got a face for this. Two old guys on the back porch are at it again. He is Tequila Dan. That's me. I am Steve Scotch. That's him. And we have the cute and talented cat, that's C-A-T, giving us dirty looks when we say something wrong. So you're cat, not Kathy? <laughs> Don't call me Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? Uh, we can be found on Stitcher, Spotify, <clears throat> Amazon Music, and Audible. And we can also be found on Facebook and Instagram. And this week, we're going to shout out two smaller towns. One is Bangor, Maine, famous for their timber and pulp and paper industry. And also have a 31-foot statue of Paul Bunyan. That's a big one. I That's a big one. Bangor, and our next place is... San Marcos, Texas, plucked there right in between Austin and San Antonio. And we're also going to shout out, this is a personal shout out for me, is Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, released 20 years ago, December 19th. Um, I remember going to see it. I was a mother with a five and seven year old, and I actually got to have a day off, and it's one of my favorite trilogies, me and Stephen Colbert. That's sad to hear. All right. <laughs> Alcohol is what's got us out here. It is. That this just dude, I tell everybody when they talk about the podcast, it's just a reason to drink. Woo! Love it. We've had too much already. All right, Dan, tell us tequila no tequila that's yeah. pretty much the question. <laughs> dude, it's a I flip had, of a coin. I had to go back to it the the the, the the Bloody Marys were putting on a few LBs Woo! there, so I had to go back to the lights. Agave. Yes, yes that's, I had to go back to the margaritas, double up on the tequila, if you please. I like it. What you got? Cat? I've got me, uh, let's see, it's got a little gin and tonic. Gin Nothing new. and freaking tonic. Tried and true. Love it. The classic. Me and, you know, Brian Reynolds has got me by the bottle. Mm. Yes, the Ryan Reynolds aviation. I'm doing uh I'm doing martinis. I just I don't know what it is. It's just it's easy coming and going. Dude, I'm thinking about those just for the olives alone. Yeah. I mean we keep talking about those olives. I'm going through them. Are you kidding me? I go through a jar a week, dude. My blood pressure is probably three hundred over at two fifty. Uh, all right. We are gonna uh we're going to go back to the drink alerts. The fans were calling in and want to know what happened. So here we go. If you hear back in my day or crickets, turn it up. That's right. Now, we need to get some cricket t-shirts made up. The, the back in my day shirts are selling out like they're gonzo. So, Hot cake. Uh, anyway, we'll talk to management and see what happens. I'll let you know. All right. Today we're going to dive inside the head of Banksy. Banksy. It's what? spelled... The word bank, it's just got an S and a Y on the end if you don't know who this cat is. And you're not alone because nobody knows who this cat is. <laughs> That's right. He popped up in the 90s. His, his artwork, it's, it's stenciled graffiti, literally. I mean, it, it started popping up on buildings, walls, bridges in, I think it was Bristol, England. That's, I mean, that's where you got to start. One day, there's an ordinary wall along a sidewalk, and the next day, bam, there's this unusually large P 
piece of artwork there that just popped up overnight. And uh, Banksy, he keeps his identity, as Tequila Dan said, hidden, maybe to keep from getting arrested because <laughs> he's basically painting on buildings that are not his. Here's okay. my question. How, in this day and age of technology, information sharing, cameras every fucking where, how is... How has he remained anonymous? I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. Either he has the most tight-lipped people around him ever, or everybody... He's either tight-lipped or everybody in a circle just says nothing. Somebody's got to be helping him because he can't do this stuff by itself. There's no way. Somebody's got to hold the stint. Some of this stuff is big, and he's, it's up on two- and three-story buildings. I don't know. He, he has done some high-profile shit. That, yeah. that naked man is... Yeah. Naked man is, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's a mural or, or graffiti painting, whatever you want to call it, of a window, an actual black-and-white window, I don't know, 12, 14 feet high, a guy looking at it with a, a woman in the background with nothing but a brassiere right. on. And, and on the windowsill is a naked guy hanging by his fingernails on the right, sill. Right, right. it's called naked man and where did he put it that's the thing hey he put it on the side of a building he didn't put it on the side of any building he put it on the side of the bristol sexual health clinic <laughs> right. I mean, how it's, fantastic is that it's genius the guy is a genius i mean the stuff he does it, it's so cool there's a little political activism in some of it and, and um, which doesn't bother me, but it, he makes you think. When you look at it, it, that's how you know it's good art. Is it? He makes you stare at it, and it makes you think. He, he does, but let's be real. It's graffiti. It, it, that's it's true. It's illegal. It's defacing somebody else's And that's else's why he's doing it at 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Being as the only visual artist here at this table, I mean, when I you see. create something, you it's like your little baby and you show it to the world and you try and get you know get people to see it. you don't really want their opinion so you're just going to get to see. It. He's showing to the world everything and everybody's looking at it. And he is. But how many other people you've never seen their work or whatever but, so. But he's not doing it on a on a 2 by 3 canvas. Right, he, he's right. doing it on the side of your house. I mean, right. you're right. You might right, take that right. brick wall there. He's done shit all over the world, dude. Yeah, London, Gaza, France. That's New why York, I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's more than one cat. See, I was just because... gonna drop that conspiracy theory on you. It's got to be more than one guy. It's got to be a conglomerate of people. It's got to be more than one dude. Yeah, I, I think it's a group of friends working together. How do you that, travel? That's what I think. How do you travel internationally, make films, write books, and no one knows who the fuck. How yeah. do you do that? No one knows who the hell you are. How is that even possible? You got a publisher. You've got you got to buy airline tickets. You got to check in for the corona. You got right. to how do how does nobody know who he is? I I don't know. And again, if he puts this thing up on the side of this wall or on this fence or look him up on YouTube, Google this guy. If you don't know who Banksy is. It's the word bank with an S-I on the end of it, if I'm saying it right, Banksy. And look this cat up. It, it, it's mind-blowing what he does. But how come nobody's rolled up on him one time, just one time, and caught his ass doing it, 
Never. I'm telling you, I, he's, he's got to have a crew. He has to have a crew of people. Well, well, think about this. He, there's a guy. There's two guys who they think it is, and I think they're right about one of them. And and they started out doing graffiti when they were kids. You know, it's like there's. I didn't know they're, they're called graffiti crews. There's yeah. little groups of these little punks that yeah, go around the city. I yeah. mean, they do it here in Richmond. They tag shit. Yeah. Like, it's called tagging yes. when, you, when you put your... Painting, uh, I think it started on... Uh, New York. On trains. Yeah. Right. Which right. kind of took Subway off trains. or whatever. Yeah. So then uh, it traveled all over the city. And, oh, there's my tag. Again, we, something... Last week, we talked about Philadelphia is where Black Friday started. Well, believe it or not, graffiti started... In Philadelphia in the early 60s and then headed up to New York in the late 60s and, you know, tagging subways and stuff like that. I'm going to go ahead and start hating on Philadelphia like I do the Eagles. (laughs) Well, not the football team. I got you a good one. But, you know, these these dudes kind of run in packs anyway. That's the only point I'm trying to make. But he, he started in Bristol, England. That's where these things started popping up. And you think about it, this has been going on for like 30 years now. 30 freaking years he's been doing it. And like you said, France, Italy, Australia, it's popping up all over the, the place. The Gaza Strip, dude. The Gaza Strip. Dude, some of his pieces now have sold for $16 million. Okay. Uh, a, a dude in London sold a house as a Banksy painting with a house attached to it. He sold the goddamn graffiti <laughs> right. with the house attached to it and got like four million bucks for a hundred and sixty thousand dollar house. And, and the guy, whoever he is, it could be a girl, who knows, guys, girls, whatever, they've donated a lot of money to. He, he's not a I'm not saying he didn't do it for the money. And and see that him being anonymous anonymous adds a lot of money to his stuff. Of course, yeah. I mean, very smart, very smart. The first time I ever heard of this cat was on the news when he did that little 8x10 painting that sold for, I don't know, God knows, a couple million bucks yeah. or something. And as soon as the hammer fell on the auction, it ran through a goddamn... A shredder was embedded in, that, in the frame. So the dude had to have a trigger of some sort. He had to be in the crowd. Yeah. with a, There's a handful of people so, in the world that can do a cell phone trigger. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> for a detonation, and it, right. for all intents and purposes, it was a detonation. It, it went off. Right. So he had to be in the crowd, or he had to be watching online to hit the button to shred it, and people went apeshit, yeah. except the people that bought it. They were like, I just, I just bought a bunch of packing. packing <laughs> See, unlike the stuff out in the public, he actually got paid for that, correct? Yeah. How, how does, yeah. again. They said great, it was worth more money after he got yes. tore up. In great point. How does he get paid? If right. Nobody, nobody right. knows who he right. is. I mean, exactly. That's a good Here's point. my our, routing number. Here's my yeah. bank account number. Right. Somebody can go in and yeah. hack into that. Around yeah. Richmond, we have a lot of murals going up. And a lot True. of them are gorgeous. And you know, there aren't tags or whatever. But someone has paid for that mural to go up on that building. And they're out there for a month working on it. Right. This guy's stuff pops up on the side of a building overnight. And th- th- there's a documentary. That he did. He won a goddamn Webby for that whatever. It's called Webby. Exit Through the Gift Shop. I've yes. seen it. You've got to watch <laughs> this thing. It is. It will blow your mind okay. when you see it. Again, he makes the documentary on itself. He wins a Webby for it. Whatever the fuck a Webby I is, and nobody knows. Who nobody knows who's him. giving him the Webby. Who's handing him the shit? Do you have a mailing address to send the aforementioned Webby? 
Here's the other thing about Banksy. When he puts something up now, well, you just mentioned it about that house. People are trying to take it down. Wherever but, it is, it ain't even their building. It's not their fence. They, in that documentary, yeah. they got people fighting, beating each other up with clubs, trying to get the cut. They could a jackhammer and cut this concrete piece out and throw it in the oh. back of the truck and go yeah, down the was, road. It, it is unreal, dude. Something he did in New York was like at a tire place. He ended yeah. up, you know, trying to, they took apart the wall, took it down to the big um, art expo there in Miami that happens every year and sold it. Yeah. It's, it, my, it's my favorite is the escaping prisoner on a rope with his belongings below and him. And guess what building he put it on? It's on a goddamn prison. He put it on a prison it's wall. It's on the outside wall of a prison. How? No guard, no searchlight, no how. How does that happen? Look this that is, up. This is Houdini shit, man. It's it is. Banksy. It, y'all do a little internet research and check it out. It, it's hilarious and disgusting. It, all the it's, 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 I like, I like the one that's like dudes. It's like he's throwing a bomb, but he's got roses in his hands. Some of his stuff, I said, it's a little political. I mean, most all little, of it's political. But it, it's sort of the message I got is like, let's, don't be assholes. You know, let, let's try to get along and, and not be so rude to each other. That that's the message can, I can, got. Can we just can we just endorse that message? I mean, two old guys on the back porch are gonna go ahead and endorse that message. Don't be an asshole. That, that's the, the the golden rule used to be do do unto others, whatever. The new golden rule is don't be an asshole. How about can we just do that? Bumper sticker. Let's do it. All right. Now, there's, there's rumors about who this guy is. One rumor is it's Robert Del Naha. Naja, maybe it's Naja. Who, Robert Del N-A-J-A. He's in a band called Massive Attack. I actually like some of their songs. I don't think it's him. Now, he he's from yeah, Bristol. We, we know a lot of artists, you know, musicians that, you know, like Ed Tass that, you know, we're a musician now, are now artists. Yeah, it's all the, the, the actor wants to sing and the right. singer wants to act and whatever. But so this Robert Del Nadja guy, he's started out graffiti, street art, whatever you call it. They, there was rumors that it's him, but I believe it's this guy named Robert Gunningham. I think, of course, Robin denies it. He says, I am not Banksy. Why would he not? But, but that's right. But I think he is the guy. I, I still think it's four, five, six people. I think I, 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 agree. I think it's a couple of. How I are you going to go from New York to London to Australia to God? How are you going to travel all that? And it's it's got to be a consortium of some sort. Yeah. But check the dude out. Look up his art. Check him out. Check out. Exit through the gift shop. Go to Hulu or whatever that stuff is on a television in there. It's a bunch of places you can pull up stuff. It's a documentary. It shows this whole thing. It, it's it's mind-blowing. It is. I mean, he's supposedly worth about 50 or $60 million right now for, for tagging buildings in the middle of the night. I mean, this guy's something, man. destroying other people's property. How about that? All right. We are going to roll right into... Hot old chick of the week. Big fan of this lady. The winner is Roseanne Cash. Roseanne Cash. 66 years old from Memphis, Tennessee. Let's see. 
this lady has, I think, six Grammys, which that used to mean something. She's had 11 number one country hit singles. And, of course, Johnny Cash's daughter. I mean, she, she has country music royalty. Dude. Yeah, I mean, that if, ought if to get a, you into the finest restaurant in town. If, if there's anything like royalty in this country, which there never should be, this is, and this is country right. music royalty. I love this lady. And uh, so did Rodney Crowell, by the way, who's another awesome songwriter, uh, entertainer. I mean, big Rodney Crowell fan. So they here. were married for a time, yeah. Yes, yes. And they did a lot of good stuff together. I just always assumed, and it was a gross assumption on my part, that it, she was June Carter's kid. But no, she was not. She right. was Johnny's, Johnny's first yeah, wife. Yeah, That's right. And she's in the... Like you said, the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame. She she's fantastic. Yes, very classy lady. Um, I think when her and Rodney were in the studio back in their day, they did. I don't know why you don't want me. That was a big hit. Seven year eight. Big fan. I've listened to that song. Yeah, a thousand that's times. I think I got that on the playlist. Um, I got an album downstairs by her uh, called The Wheel. It's it's a total gem. I don't know what year. It, it's old now, but um, it's got a song on there called Seventh Avenue. It's Damn just my. a really great song. I didn't write it down. She just dropped a new album. Oh yeah, in into the woods or through the woods mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out definitely. But she still has her shit together, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. No I want I want to have another daughter and and name her Roseanne. All right. Hang hang on. There's a. Um, there's, there's the 50. store is closed. Just like you know. 50% of that. I just like the name Roseanne. Yeah, that's all. You know what? Must be grab, a sister grab, wife I don't know about. Why don't you grab uh, a cat or a dog or a bird? And all right. Better idea. Yeah, be cheaper, too. That's right. All right. Roseanne, love and kisses to you. All right. Today, the cocktail of the week. I know y'all all been waiting for it. It is the French. 75. This is where we need the artillery sound. Oh, we do. Where's the gunshot thingy at? All right. One, I don't know who eight. came up with the idea of combining gin and champagne, but we're going to give it a That's try. It. We're going to do a tasting today. But you were correct uh, a couple days ago when we were talking about this. It was the... It was named after the field gun from World War One, the 75 millimeter field gun. Oh, okay, okay. Because let's, I didn't, let's face it. I didn't it. know. If you roll the... up and give me... Can, can I get a cognac and champagne? But if you roll up and go, can I get a French 75? Like, yeah, this is a man. It's a <laughs> man that knows okay. Right. It's popular at what? The Stork Club? And it made an appearance in movies like Casablanca. Also made a recent appearance on Real Wife, Real Housewives of New York. Ebony K. Williams ordered it mm. oh, yeah, several yeah. times on the show last year. I don't know. Supposedly they named it that because it... It's gonna. It has a kick, like a seventy-five millimeter cannon. I, I guess think that was back before dudes could drink. I mean, I don't. I don't know that dudes could handle their alcohol. <laughs> right. Well. So well, any for for my taste and how how is, how do you make it? All right. It was created at a bar in Paris, of course, in nineteen fifteen. Man, we're doing some old ass drinks on this show. You're welcome. All right, we got. Two ounces of gin, two ounces of lemon juice, and two teaspoons of simple sh syrup, easy for me to say, and four ounces of champagne. So we've got the gin, the simple syrup, and the lemon juice. 
We put them in a shaker filled with ice, shake the shit out of it, pour it in your glass, and then you just kind of top it a little bit with champagne. I don't think there's a whole measuring for that. Right. Right? Can, can, I'm just, I'm just going to say this right now. The, for those that know me and those that don't, this is going to be a no. Now, lime or lemon juice with simple syrup in any booze, it can't be bad. It, it can't be. It's lime or lemon. It's a citrus with simple syrup right. and booze. It, right. it can't be. Let's give it a shot. Uh, all right. What do you think? Dan, Dan's going to give it a shot. The French 75. <laughs> I, again, we're combining gin and champagne. It's I don't know. Champagne. Can, yeah. All right. All right. Dan, I, Dan looks like a no. Dude, that shit goes straight up your nose. <laughs> all right. That, we're going to pass on that one. Kitty cat. Cat's two thumbs up. Cat is two cat thumbs drink, up. Cat's a drink, gin drinker, anyways. But. Two thumbs. I'll tell you what. I don't mind the gin. Let it's, me let me just, I'm gonna I'm gonna break the break the tie. Ugh. No, no, that's a no. It's all that's for a, me no, now, people. No, you can have it all. <laughs> I mean the champagne covers up the gin, correct? Would yeah, you say well, that? Can you, well, Dan didn't taste any of it because he hammered the whole thing. <laughs> It wasn't a shot, bro. It there's wasn't no, a shot. There was, was no nuance drink. in Dan's you, taste. You supposed to sip that for a half hour. No, you, you gotta, get it you, over with. Gotta, I yeah. agree. I agree. You gotta get it for me now. The French seventy-five. Drink it during You can try it if you want to. We're gonna say we're not a fan. Harry, gonna wash it down. All right. The first tasting didn't go well. But cat, but cat like perhaps there's. Perhaps it takes it's a while. More, to maybe get it's to. for a more sophisticated palate than perhaps. Yes, there we go. The good answer. Let's, let's go with that. <laughs> let's go with that lie. All right. Today we were bumpered in by Stevie Ray Vaughn. SRV, baby. Unfortunately, Stevie died August 27th, 1990. At the age of 35, way too young for this talented guy. He was from Dallas, Texas, five Grammys. To me, one of the top ten guitarists of all time. I, I, you, I don't see any dispute. I was thinking about that. You, you can. We can sit here all night and name guitarists that are fantastic and awesome, but th this guy's like once in a generation. He's he's like, he is like an, an Eddie Van Halen or, or Ingve Malmsteen or Randy Rhodes and yes. whoever you think is great. Right. I mean, the guy's fantastic. I. Listening to him and watching him do it are two different things. Yeah, if, I agree. If you've ever tried to play a ukulele or a harmonica or beat on a, I don't care any instrument, you sit there in front of this guy and watch what he does on that guitar. It is you freaking jaw drop. And he never looks. He's, I mean, like to see where his where, where his hands are on the fret. He never looks over there, dude. It, it's well, a, a portion of that is because he's been playing guitar since he was. Seven. Wow. I want to say seven. I, yeah. I have not been long out of diapers at seven years old, <laughs> and this dude's got a six-string jamming it out. Yeah. Um, he he put blues on the map in he, the 80s, okay? He, he, and he, the 80s was not yeah. – blues was not cool then, uh, but he put it out there. He he almost brought back that re blues revival. I mean, Single-handedly, he brought back that blues revival. Yeah. He made that strat do shit. It, it is almost not humanly possible. But how did he get known by everybody? Playing for he played on a David, David Bowie. Yeah, but that was fleeting. Let's, 
He put a lead on Let's Let's Dance Dance or something. Whatever. It's a classic. And it's a great lead. Right. However, the shit he does on Voodoo Child. Oh, my God. That first three minutes of that song. It's mind-blowing. Nobody's supposed to be able to do. It sounds like two or three guitars playing, dude. Who would have thought to even try to cover Hendrix Voodoo Child? When you hear that, who would even think, I'm going to try that? And he took it. I'm not gonna say he did it better because Hendrix was a man too, but it's 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 just badass. It's I'm telling you, he's he's got that Stratocaster that he built with a '64. You, you're the music guy. He's '64 body, '62 neck, different pickups and shit, and modified it, it the way it he wanted it. Sounds incredible. Dude had a great sound. Inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which he should have been. I mean, Stevie Ray Vaughan in Double Trouble. It totally kicked ass. I mean, it was three dudes. Bass, drum, guitar. That's it. No backup you crap, no need... horns, no synthesizer. Nothing. Three you don't dudes. Need anything else. And we could come out in front of your face and just blow you away. And, and he could shred it. The the only other guy that I can remember before him that, that sounded like two or three people were playing was the old Wales Robert Johnson. Mm-hmm. The, the original blues guy. He yeah. could, the, but Stevie Ray doesn't pick. He doesn't what do you call it, finger picker, but he, he actually plays. Right. That It's incredible to watch the guy. It is. He's working that. His hand, his left hand is moving so fast up and down that fretboard, you, you can't keep up with it. Yeah, the sad thing that Stevie Ray Vaughan, he, whatever, all those cats back in those days, they were all drinking this and smoking that and whatever, and he, he had actually cleaned himself up. Now, who knows if it would have stuck, I don't know. But we didn't get to find out because I think it was a helicopter yeah, ride that helicopter, flipped over. Yeah, and he, like I said, he was cleaning his shit up and getting back on the road. And then it was very unfortunate what happened to him. He influenced so many people, dude. Oh, no yeah. doubt. John Mayer, if you, I'm yep. not a fan of yeah. his, but he's a great guitarist. He is. Kenny Wayne Shepard, Mike McCready. That's a good point. Yes. He, he influenced so many people even yeah. after his death. Yeah. I mean, he's. Stevie Ray Vaughan's the man. He's the man. Today we came in with Look at Little Sister. It was a whole pile of songs we could have put on here today. All right, check out Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble wherever you get your music. We want to thank everybody for listening, and we will see you all down the road. See ya. Tree, roll like a lion.